And welcome back to the Off the Clock Show. You're joined once again with your host, Sean Gervais from the Orbisex CRM, as well as Marty, Mr. Marshall Hill from the Pints and Polishing Podcast, as well as Hyperclean Car Care Products. That is Hyperclean Car Care Products. <laughs> Had to say it again, little shameless plug. Sounds but, so good once, gotta say it twice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, man, I tell you, I was getting your emails over the weekend and uh, phenomenal. Yeah, you guys are doing a great job on stuff there and uh, phenomenal products, so phenomenal marketing. That's all hand. Nick. Nick's the yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. He makes some magic happen. And Marty's like, I, I take no credit. <laughs> That's fine. But how was your weekend, man? No, I, yeah, I mean, and this is the ironic part, right? Because I was so staunch about not being an email guy. I think this is something you and I yeah. have talked publicly about years and years ago. Like, yeah. I just, but it, a lot of that is because of me as a habit, which is why I went so quickly onto social and I enjoy that side. Ah, yeah, yeah. But emails Email. where everything still goes. Yep. I, I just don't read, man. I'm I'm a terrible reader, horrible reader. Yeah. They tested me in high school at 111 words a minute. Oh, shoot. that's, okay, that's yeah. like your slow motion. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you mix in slow motion with mm. somebody with ADD. Yeah, that those two don't mix. So I, oh. I just I, I really I almost I've really struggle with reading. I almost can't read like it's very tough so yeah. well, i hunted emails forever yeah and so when nick you get emails has, nick is the email king and he loves emails yeah. and he's pushed oh, and pushed for emails the right like, email the right subject line, mm -hmm. the right content yep. Ooh, man mm -hmm. it's magic you know and he's and, making magic you bet he does yeah. great with him he he does a great job that's amazing. You know what? We're going to have to talk more in depth about this after because uh, there's some stuff I'm working on right now with AI and email campaigns. That's pretty damn amazing. Um, so it started with our, our gift card stuff. So imagine this because this is what's coming. There will be a gift card image. Uh, so you'll have your gift card. You get an email and says uh, you've been gifted a $100 gift card or something to HyperClean, right? As you go and you use that, let's say you use $50 of it, that email that you received, let's say a week ago, you can go back and reopen the email and the gift card image will update with the current balance. That's good. Cool. past email that you got like a week ago, it updates because of the AI we're working on. And uh, so now that might not sound like a crazy example, but imagine if you send a little it, scary for some people too. <laughs> this is true. But, but imagine how Orbis X will send out your customers an email and it could be, let's say a scratch card and it'll say, check this email tomorrow to see if you get a discount or see if you win and then they go back and check that email and then boom it'll uh reveal itself and give them a coupon or a discount but it's a past email so that's one, cool that's really cool exactly so it's the trick aspect of it where they're like oh that's cool they go check for it but the other thing it does is in their email program when they search for past emails with whatever your company name is or whatever they're doing like that it adds it into the algorithm. Let's say you're using Gmail and it'll start to prioritize your promotions over other ones because you've looked for a past one. It assumes, oh, you're interested in this, you know? So there's, there's the double side there. So there's some pretty cool shit we're working on. Yeah, I know. Right. Hats off to that. <laughs> yeah. Let's see the other guys do that. <laughs> mm. Ain't happening. Yeah. Ain't happening. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we got some cool shit in the works. And then uh, the other thing we're doing now, because I've been getting everybody to upload their before and afters. And so the gift cards, there's going to be a new premium feature coming where you can actually, a customer could go purchase a gift card with a generic template, or they can pay a little extra to customize it with the sender's uh, actual gift card image. 
so of their vehicle. So it would be like their before and after. So it would show the after picture of the, let's say I go and send you a gift card and you went to that place before, it'll take your actual truck or something and put it on the card, which is pretty amazing. So that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. I know. So we got that's, some cool stuff. In that's the work. like he, nicely yeah. done, man. Nicely Absolutely. done. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So these oh. little, little tweaks that in marketing make a big difference, you know, and that's where emails, Absolutely. a lot of people, they're like, oh, I prefer text. I prefer this and that. And text is great for instant communication, but sometimes when it's a certain type of message, email just trumps. It really does. And the fact that they have it there and it stays there, you know, like I get text messages from all kinds of things. Half the time I just read the preview and then put it down. You know, but uh, emails, it's it's logged in there when I go and check. It's, you know, it's different. Yeah, man. Hey, but so yeah. I, I like that update you sent me earlier. Which one was that? A little, little Picanha oh, update. The Picanha? Yeah. Oh, my God. That has been a journey, man. Like, you just have it at your, at your disposal. <laughs> and so we found this new butcher. They work directly with farms. Um, they sell all kinds of stuff and, like, you know, jams and different things. But uh, I asked him just randomly, I said, any chance you've heard of Picanha? He said, actually, there's a Brazilian community that I work with here. And he said, we we order it in and stuff. He says, it's by order. He said, but let me know, like, how much you want. I said, you're joking. I thought he was, like, pulling my leg at first, but no, he's serious. So anyway, we placed an order. We've got a box coming in, and uh, which is pretty cool. And um, they're a good company, too, family-owned, and they, they're very particular about, you know, the products they bring in. So I know it's going to be, you know, top shelf. So, uh, we did Brazilian American Thanksgiving here, so oh, I yeah I made picanha. Nice. Uh, oh, you delicious. you made it too, huh? Okay. Absolutely. You usually, you usually. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'm, yeah, yeah. That's all me. <laughs> okay. Oh, I don't damn. trust that to anybody else, huh? So that photo you sent me, that was you. That's me. Man, that looked absolutely. delicious, man. Yeah. That was <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Because the, the the difficult part, as you'll get used to it, is is yeah. controlling the drip. That okay. that that fat drip on that cap, man. It you get you you got to stay away from the the fire. So we'll be back there Christmas. This is fun, and we rent an Airbnb this time. So I'll be able to. I'll send you a photo. I'll, hell, we even maybe do a live demo. Like they use these like little huts inside of their, uh, you know, cooking. Usually they put them in like their garage area type of of place, uh, or you know, somewhere outside. And it's like, that's how they cook them. And it's always on wood and it's always probably a good foot to two feet away from that flame. I mean, you, you're always, you're always cautious about that flame up. The difference that I encourage you to try yeah. is you got to do the, the, you know, the slow cook, but then you do the reverse sear as you let the, the fat drip and see if you can sear some of that outside with the flame while you're not overcooking or burning that, that becomes that extra, you know, little, little skill yeah. to it. And that's what you saw there is I was able to do it right. Like get that flame, got plenty of heat, it's cooked, but then sear on the outside. Uh, so that yeah. not all the way like a cast iron sear, don't get me wrong, but at least, uh, at least a, yeah. a little bit of a sear so that you got that pink in, inside with that nice little flavor on the outside. Mm. All right. That's, oh, yeah. man. I'm excited so, now. Intimidated, so but I'm excited. <laughs> you should be. Yeah. It, it takes, I, I've, I've burned. I've lost. Like, you, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is, you know. All right. So, well, as long as I go in knowing that the first few are going to be, you know, practice runs, then that's fine. Yeah. 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 
Well, well, for me, the first two were great. It was that fifth and sixth one where I got a little uh, cocky, you know, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> it was a little, you know, you, you can't, you can't get over. over That's a good point. Yeah. Cause usually at first you, you're aware of, you know, the steps I have to mm-hmm. do and you follow them to a T and then as you get a little cocky, you start to freestyle a bit and it's yeah. <laughs> all right so that's what i have to pay attention to. all right so i not only that i watched a, a great movie i talked about it you know on our episode yesterday is is leo have you yeah. seen it yet no i haven't seen it no oh yeah. hilarious adam sandler yeah. he, he's like a, a lizard in a school oh it's hilarious yeah, yeah. oh man you would, you would never think it was funny but you know so that was that was my close of friday you know nice, oh, nice. N- made a nice drink ate some leftovers, you know, ate some Thanksgiving leftovers and had some pecania and like oh, sat man. down and watched Leo. Dude, yeah. I was rolling, rolling, oh, laughing, shit, huh? hilarious. Oh, Great movie. Check that out. Oh man. Yeah. 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 Damn. So your, your weekend closed off a lot better than mine. I, uh, I, well, it wasn't horrible. No, it was horrible. My <laughs> weekend closed off horrible. <laughs> so what happened was, so one of my clients is the, the NHL team here, the senators, uh, and sorry, Amanda, if you're watching this, but not the greatest game ever. <laughs> they, we got uh, 12 free tickets for my staff. And uh, so it, we helped them out with the rush order. They're doing this fight for cancer thing. They were raising money at the, the game. And so anyway, they, they printed the, the first batch and they forgot to include one of the sponsors on their, their postcards. Yeah, big mess up. So they messaged and they said it was late too. And they said, Sean, anything you can do to make some magic happen. We know it's our, our fault, but just if you, if you can do something. I said, no worries, no worries. We'll get you taken care of. So got her another set printed, rushed them over to the Senseplex. She sends back, she says, uh, thanks for helping us out. You can't imagine how much this uh, saved the day. I was talking to VP and we want to send you some tickets. So at first I was like, well, I was just thinking like maybe two tickets or something. And I was just going to send it to my sister and her boyfriend and see if maybe they wanted to go. So I said, just send me two tickets, make it out to Marie and Chris. And she writes back. She's like, no, no, you helped us out a lot. We want to send the whole team. She's like, we're going to send you 12 tickets and three parking passes for vehicles. I was like, well, shit. Okay, then. So I was like, let's go. So we went, took out a bunch of people there. And uh, we had good seats. Everything was nice. And we were playing the Florida Panthers. And we got absolutely demolished. 5-0. 5-0. And we couldn't get one goal in. Um, there was a huge fight though, and uh, there was seven minutes left in the game. Makes up for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the ref gave everybody that was on the ice a ten-minute misconduct penalty. Never happened before, ever. He said every player on the ice right now ten minutes misconduct, which basically means that half of each team was now gone for the whole rest of the game, uh, basically. And so anyway, our team was very sore losers, and they they started they kept trying to fight. And I'm telling you, man, those Florida boys, I don't know, they must grow up like fighting crocodiles because they kicked the shit out of our team. <laughs> like they, they did not do well at all, man. But we don't really have a good hockey team here in this this city, anyways. Um, they're not, they're <laughs> I don't want to talk too bad about them. there's room I for mean, but come on, it is strange for, 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 at hockey by Florida, the Sunshine you know State I'm versus O Canada. Exactly, like, like Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. But I will say. The Florida team, I don't know who their trainer is or who their coaches are or anything. I got to do more research, but they they played phenomenally well. And I used to play hockey when I was a kid. And my coach, I was really fast. It was really good. The players were really good uh, that we had on our team. Um, some of them went on and played like semi-pro and stuff too. Uh, but 
he always told us, he says, it doesn't matter how fast you are, how skilled you are with the puck, whatever. He says, no one can outrun a puck. He says, that simple. And so he said, you got to learn how to pass. Because if you can just pass back and forth, you don't even have to move. And you can make the other team incredibly tired. And so it's just it's just a waiting game. It's kind of like boxing. You know what I mean? Like, a, you, you know, you just do the Mayweather, you know, the whole time. <laughs> Wait till round 11 and then bring out some bunches, you know. But uh, it's it's just a longevity game right and they played phenomenally well with each other and it was just all you saw was just our players just going all over the place looking lost and everything and of course they got frustrated and then that's when the fights started happening but yeah we five nothing man so anyway it was the first hockey game we went to in a while and we took a bunch of people out and for half the people we took out it was their first nhl game and it was their first time seeing the sends and so we uh we just got decimated man five zero man Five zero. One of the goals they got to, they were two players shorthanded because they had a penalty. They had three players on the ice, and we had five, and they still scored a goal. Like that's just how's that even happen, man? It, it was bad, but but anyway. So that's that's how my weekend ended. Prior to that, um, things were going well. I did rentals uh, at our place here, which was good, and uh, the kids were actually gone. Um, one of my youngest is having her birthday coming up, so she went to see Grandma and Grandpa for a bit. And uh, we had a whole weekend planned, my wife and I. And then, unfortunately, uh, she came down with a sickness. We went to a birthday party with kids the week before. And uh, you know what happens when you're around kids. <laughs> There's always one sick. You know what I mean? So, anyway. So, I did a bunch of rentals. So, that part was good. But, uh, yeah. Other than that, I did some rentals. And then uh, Florida came here, demolished our hometown team. That was my weekend. <laughs> All right, yeah. we talked a, a little bit ago about a pre-tip. Do you remember what your pre-tip was going to be? Um, yes. We were talking about YouTube ads and email and all that kind of marketing yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, so we used to, you know, love Facebook ads. We're on the, the YouTube train as well. And how you and I got talking on this before the episode was it's there's a different type of buyer that's involved when it's someone going to Google for Google ads or someone going to YouTube. Usually they're trying to solve a problem or learn something, right? Mm -hmm. When they're on Facebook, they're in entertainment mode. They're just being entertained either by friends posts or funny memes or something like that. And so you're just kind of hoping you can hook them in on Facebook. And so it's a lot more difficult um, in comparison to, you know, YouTube or something like that. And what we do a lot is we pay attention to things that are in our neighborhood, things that are going on, community developments, all kinds of stuff. Local news is so important to us. Because we need to understand where our customers' heads are at. We need to understand changes that are happening in, happening in neighborhoods. And for us, there, there was this huge pine tree farm. Uh, the city's now basically demolished it all. But um, prior to that, they opened it up for developers and they built it. But on the condition that a lot of the mature trees had to stay in people's yards. So they put them in the front yard um, or kept them in the front yard and built the houses around it that way. Which caused a lot of sap to fall onto people's vehicles. So we could have run ads on, you know, hey, we can help with sap removal or something like that. We would have been paying top dollar for ads that would be hit or miss if they would actually work because we're just throwing it out there on social media to anybody that might meet some demographics and hoping that they bite. Um, instead, what we did is we paid the top dollar for informational posts about the damage that sap can do to your vehicle and how you can address that and you know so on and so forth it was just information based but then we had a retargeting pixel on that page on the landing page and we were able to retarget that list of people that went to that page but facebook gives you a discount when it's your list 
So if you've already, you know, paid, because they say, well, you've already paid to get that user. So now we're not going to charge you the full price to, you know, show them another ad. So that second ad, the cheaper one in terms of advertising cost, that was the one that had our offer in it. And so we were able to get a highly qualified list. So we kind of created our own intention buying scenario where, you know, someone in YouTube, for example, it's a lot different. Someone will literally type in how to remove sap from my car. And so if you've got an ad there or you've got a video and then you talk about it, whatever the case is, it's very specific. You know exactly who you're talking to. On Facebook, you're just kind of hoping that you read the right demographic. Like, you know, I can choose people in a certain area, things like that. But it's it's a lot more limiting in terms of what their intent is. And also, the main reason they're on Facebook isn't necessarily, oh, I'm going to Facebook to make a purchase or something. They're not in buying mode and they're not in problem solving mode. They're in more the opposite. I want to escape. I don't want to think about life right now. I just want something fun or funny, something like that. Um, that's what people go there for. So that's a, a pre-tip is do some research on things if you are going to use social media and create your own intentional based, you know, scenario like what we did, something similar to that. And if you're looking for, you know, skipping some steps and having that already done for you, YouTube and uh, Google are great places for that because someone's already going there with the intent to solve a problem or something like that. Uh, people obviously use Google for other things, but because you can get so targeted with the keywords and the the sentences that they're typing in, that's where the real magic comes in. Yeah, so that's that's a pre-tip. That was just a little, you know, yeah, yeah. Just, that's a pretty incredible pre-tip. Like, just to warm it up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> like once you start yeah, saying that, I was like, yeah, you're gonna have to need to say that again. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, go it, ahead and do that one. Exactly, but it works. It's so effective. Oh my god. And you can do that for anything. Think of all the scenarios where you can make a little landing page on something and, uh, you know, some information about something, put it out there. So you're just promoting information and you're going to get a lot more clicks of people that are actually interested in that because everyone else is just going to scroll past it. And you can make it look like a post. It doesn't have to look like an ad because it's just information about something, you know, mm -hmm. someone clicks through to it and they're not being sold anything. So they're very different frame of mind. But then, boom, you hit them round two, retargeting pixel. Yeah, it's golden. Yeah, man. This nicely done. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. All right. So I I kind of thought a lot this week, you know, about the conversation we had last week, you know, and about that rule, like competition. It it forces, in a sense, you to evolve. Yeah. And if you're not the guy that cries, you're the guy that wants to dominate. You're the guy that wants to succeed. That here's a wild one man i i watched this video the other day of some bears and it was like bear fighting i was like okay i want to oh, see this bear. this bears you know they're they talk about territory you know and yeah, yeah, yeah. territory you know like one one yeah. bear's actively in uh his uh his routine and another bear's like oh hell no <laughs> like <laughs> oh and I, I i watched that fight you know yeah. who won? The one that the one that was like, "Oh hell no, you ain't doing this." Like, like okay, competition happens in the wild, right? Yeah. For the female, and it happens exactly with us too. Are we the person that that runs away, or that we're the person that wants to evolve? And and I started thinking about that, and I go, you know, evolution always 
has a cost. Mm. Yeah. There always is. There's a cost to evolution. That's true. Whether that's internally or with in nature, that cost is best paid for by what you're wanting to evolve from. Mm. Right. Yeah. That, that sounds very basic, but you have to, in a sense, pay for the evolution. What is the best payment? The best payment is something needs to die. Mm. Ouch. Yeah. And as long as it's not you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's it's sad, but it's like. (laughs) Maybe if there's something that we're trying to evolve into, then actually maybe there is something inside of a Sean that does need to die. Mm. There becomes, there becomes the point. What What do you mean by that though? Right? Like dying to something so that living for something else, you know, corresponds in a sense or transforms. So the payment of death of something, we see this in nature, not only, you know, and I can talk about, I'm not sure how the the bear fight, I guess one bear has to die. I didn't mean it that way in a sense, but let's think of it this way is we've all seen, I, I talk heavily about my body and the way I feel a lot is like a, I'm coming out of a cocoon. Mm. Uh, Go for all your, if if you want to understand, go, go research spinal stenosis. And, and I'm, I'm rebuilding my body and I feel like I'm in a cocoon a lot of times where I, I'm just wanting to get out and go and move and break. But, but my cocoon didn't start with my body. My cocoon actually started with my mind. See, Mm -hmm. my ex married somebody out in another state and, and legally took my daughters away from me. Damn. Jesus. That, that was in what that does. So difficult. So difficult. Massive spiral into depression to where I found myself in traffic on a bridge just going, hey, maybe this is the answer. Damn. Maybe this quick jump would solve all my pain. Problems, yeah. Right? Yeah. There's plenty of listeners that are listening to this, whether you're on YouTube or on an audio podcast, and you, you've got something that you know is hurting you. You know it's painful. You know it's, oh. You can literally fill in the blank with whatever anybody. And then how do you progress out of that into an evolution of a new life? I had to say, no, I want life. I had to put to death the idea of death, right? Yeah. You have to bring the sacrifice of whatever it is that you're wanting to get out of and progress into, you have to bring that in as the payment for the evolution. Why is there a payment necessary? Why? Because there's a transfer of energy that happens inside of evolution. In order for that spark of the energy to begin the transfer, a death has to happen and a new life has to begin. Yeah. At the core basis of evolution. So you take that into whatever it is that you have built a wall up on. And all of us, let's go into this. Let's 
some of us, it might not be the emotional stuff that I talk about with parents or family or friends. I know there's a lot of us that deal with that. What about the people, Sean, and you see it nonstop in groups and probably even in your own group, is the people who build up the wall of what other people think about them. There's mm. one. Yeah. There's another wall of, I build up a wall on, I can't handle people saying no. Mm. Yeah, that's a big one. It's a big one. Yeah. We don't like sales. I'm not a salesman. Well, you're not a salesman because you've heard no and you don't like hearing no. The evolution is to actually take fear, right? That is what you have is fear. Take the fear itself and sacrifice the fear, right? Death to fear translates into, okay, somebody told me no. That just means that they don't K-N-O-W. They don't know enough. Yeah. I can go back in. I'll do my homework. I'll make sure that I've done everything appropriate to go back in and help them know more, know enough, yeah. right? Like that was something as a sales, if I was going to be sales and go into dealerships and go to a service manager and try and sell them how they should switch their current supplier and buy from me, I learned that the very hardcore way of if you don't do this, you're dead. Mm. Put to death fear. Let that be the payment instead of my own dreams and my own businesses, because everybody that listens has a dream. What is it? Is it a pool? Is it where the kids can go play and have this great house? And all? Is it that? Is it a car? What is it? What is it that you really want? That's... Yeah. And you're going to need to pay for that. That yeah. payment is energy transfer. And to transfer the energy, get to that point, you've got to pay for it with the death of fear, well, the yeah. death of disbelief, the death of caring about what other people say that you won't be able to do, the death, the death. Die to so many things so that that payment, that transfer of all the negativity inside of your mind you can actually use that to transfer over into, I can, I can do this. I do believe, I believe I can. And that belief and that transfer begins to propel the evolution. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Man, that's so true though. Like even, even me, I'm a lot of people say I'm an extrovert, but I'm actually a super big introvert. I just have extrovert tendencies. And I used to be terrified of sales. I was terrified of it. And I thought sales was like a position. I thought, no, I'm not a salesman because I'm, I don't do sales. I'm a businessman. I thought it was something different, you know? And I was like, no, everything in business is a transaction. That's what makes it a business. And so the customer service all the way down to, you know, providing the actual service or product or whatever, everything, it's all part of the sales process, mm -hmm. which makes us all part of the sales side. And so, no one can be can be scared at any point in that. You hey, but you don't get into that sales process if you walk away. No, 100%. 100%. You hear the word no. And for yeah. everybody that hates sales, they hear the word no and they put up a wall. And it's it's that wall of fear. Yeah. Yes, it and is. You literally have to 
chop it down and there has to be less fear that you manifest in your mind so you become fearless and that's that's what has to happen and you some of it comes with just putting in the reps you know it's uh you oh you know i I don't like sales you know i can't close deals well how many calls are you making i'm doing about two or three calls a day man you got to do 200 calls a day you know what i mean and that's where you build up that those repetitions that just make you fearless and help tear down that wall but the other part of it is you have to understand what you're really scared of and you hit the nail on the head is that they don't know they're they're saying no because it's just it's just a word at the end of the day and they're just saying it because it's like i don't understand the value that you're presenting to me so i'm not willing to pay for it that's what they're saying ultimately it's not an attack on you it's not an attack on your business it's just i don't understand the value you're pitching to me not interested that's that's essentially what it is and so your job is to whether you want to call it sales you just want to call it running your business is to express that value and convince them but you got to do it in a way where that fear is gone. So that that comes with addressing that fear first. And how I overcame my fear of selling is I sold to my family and friends. And I know family and friends are the ones that are going to like agree with you usually and be like, you can do it, Sean, you're going to be the best. You know what I mean? But if you tell them, I'm going to call you randomly and I'm going to try and sell you something and just fucking shoot me straight. You know, I learned a lot through that process of kind of like role playing with them that I was able to, you know, you don't do the friendly thing like, hey, how's it going? You know, how you doing, Marty? Like catch up. No, no, no. Just call them and pretend they're an actual prospect. But um, you go in with different knowledge because you understand a little bit about that prospect and what things are going to sway them towards the yes. So that's where I started learning my prospecting and how I need to understand my customers as if they were my family and friends. And then I wasn't scared to talk to them anymore because I kind of knew a little bit about them. Even if I was meeting them for the first time or calling them for the first time or whatever, I understood the demographic of where they were. And I truly believed in my core that whatever I had was going to benefit them more than the money they were going to give me. And so when they said no, I'm like, no, 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 Marty, you don't understand. This is so good for your car. Like you have no idea. I know you're saying no right now, but I haven't done a good job explaining it to you. So I tell you what, listen, the price is X. What's it going to take to make that number make sense for you? And then you break it down to me and we just, we have a conversation, but it really came with a lot of practice to remove that fear. And I would practice everywhere I went, everywhere I went, I would, I would, if it could be something simple. Um, Hey, my my wife and I, we we don't have a reservation, but we want to get a table tonight. Uh, Sorry, sir. We're booked up. I would be like, let me try selling them. Like, okay. Hey, listen, I know you're booked up, but I tell you, it's gotta be somewhere you can fit us in here. There's gotta be, I would start this negotiation and I'm in this like sales mode now trying to get my wife and I a table at a busy restaurant, just talk to them, work something out. And, you know, boom, next thing you know, we got a table somewhere. And, you know, just every situation was an opportunity where I could kind of develop some skills. And then I just became a better salesperson over time. I'm still an introvert, but the extrovert part of me is the removal of fear. So it appears as if I'm an extrovert just because I'm not scared to talk to someone and sell them what I'm offering, you know? A big part of it too is believing in your product, but if you don't believe in your product, maybe you shouldn't be selling it in the first place. <laughs> that's, and that's a whole nother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'll kind of end my, my, my theory in a sense on this. And it's, and it comes from, you know, other people will know, remember better, but you know, what was that, that rule of uh, an object in, in motion will stay in motion unless acted on by an outside force, an object uh, in, 
and yeah. rest will stay at rest unless acted on by an outside force, right? Like that yeah. is a rule. It's a law, right? Like yeah, yeah. it's true. And you think of that and you go, huh? If I'm somebody that wants to emerge into more, yeah. wanting to change myself, I'm wanting to grow into something. I have to use some force to break that cocoon, to break that wall yeah. down. And it will, by law, by rule, with my force, I will break it down. I will transform into something new. But that breaking through, think of it like a shuttle going up to space. Yeah. Starts with a have to have a lot of energy, right? To just yeah. get off oh, yeah. the ground. And then how much does it shed so that yeah. just the tip? <laughs> right? <If> it... <laughs> how much it costs to break through. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. it might cost a lot emotionally. It might cost a lot of energy. It might That's cost you to also die to some things. It's yeah. what you see. In order for that rocket, sorry, in order for that shuttle to get out, it had to dislodge itself from the rocket. Yeah. There's a lot of things for us that I've had to learn this personally recently, even more and more. There's relationships. There's people. There's different I needed to just cut off. Yeah. I just needed to die from. It's not like they were toxic and they were pulling me down. Don't, don't think of it that way. It's just, they didn't really mean anything anymore. Yeah. And in well, order for me to rocket. push through a wall, telling you through. I, I just yeah. know that the next yeah. phase of my life is going to be slimmer. Yeah. In my close circle, then the previous part of my life. Yeah. And you, you, in a sense, you always, when you break through and you evolve, there's, there's always things that, that die that you have to push away. This yeah. is a, a spiritual notion, a religious notion, uh, and also a, just a psychological notion, any psychology, yeah. they're going to tell you this any time that you want to evolve, it doesn't matter what aspect, evolution takes the energy that energy to pay for it mostly always comes from that sacrifice that giving away that True. expend everything so that just in this little beautiful part can grow and grow, grow. it's true yeah. Yeah. well think about a tree growing right so the tree comes out of the soil every year more and more rings are added onto the tree so the tree is growing but what does it have to do it has to grow leaves that ultimately get sacrificed and those leaves are there to serve a purpose, to help propel the tree forward, help the tree grow, but then they die off and they become soil and nutrients for future growth. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I think we've all gone through that. And I've noticed it too. Um, in my, uh, I'm in my late thirties now and in my later thirties, I've noticed that, you know, every year it just gets a little slimmer and slimmer. And it's like, you know, and you're right. Sometimes I've cut off toxic people and other times it's, they weren't toxic. It's just, everyone has seasons in a way and they were, beneficial or you know we liked each other on a different level and hung out at a certain point in my life and then as I've gone in different directions maybe they haven't grown as well or maybe they just are on a different trajectory you know 
keep going and yeah. hard. It seems simple right it, now it to talk about. I know. It. Yeah. But I had heard people tell me I need to do this, but then to actually do it, putting to in the work, die to the... something or someone and completely shut something like. Yeah. He just it, that is tough. And but it is the price. It is what you, you have, have to do. To do There's always a sacrifice. There's <laughs> always a death. Like, it's if true. you want to evolve. Yeah, and you absolutely have to do it. And uh, which brings me to my tip of the day, which is uh, three words: execute, execute, execute. And so you have to live and act like you're in the seals. And so the seals spend a lot of time with preparation, as we all do in business, and so on and so forth as well. Spent a lot of time doing prep work and, you know, making flyers, developing price lists and all these kinds of things that we do in business. But eventually you got to do something that actually propels your business forward and you have to execute. And that's where a lot of people get hung up. They spend a lot of time planning and over planning. And those three words are something that um, so the SEALs, when they're going to do uh, something, there's a, a breaching team. So if they're going to breach into a building uh, so there's a secure facility or they're going through a wall or who knows what the case is. There's a guy that spends a lot of time prepping the bomb that's ultimately going to be attached uh, for a breach. And then they go in with a team and the breacher will go first and he goes to the wall and he preps everything. He gets the charges ready and everything like that. And before they do anything, he turns around and looks and it's probably nighttime and he'll just see the glowing green eyes of his, his troop. And he'll say three words and he says, execute 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 and then he loads that charge that wall blasts open and they're in there and they're causing mayhem and they take a lot of preparation time but the biggest is that thing... canadian seals or american seals <laughs> Which... <laughs> I, I won't get into the debate about the two but i will say our seals are pretty badass they're a lot better than our hockey team that's for damn sure <laughs> or they they usually are i should say but uh, <laughs> very funny. Thanks. Yeah, we uh, we defend our great border with uh, plastic spoons and maple syrup. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, execution is is a crucial thing. And I had two previous uh, business partnerships with technology companies as well. And one of them, we received a, a seven figure offer. It was quite substantial from Yellow Pages. Uh, and the one before that, uh, the business itself did well. And we ended up just parting ways. And I sold my shares in the company. Uh, but prior to that, and the reason I exited both of those companies when I did is the partnership stopped working the way it should. And the people I were partnered with great guys, they're decent business people as well. Um, however, they stopped executing. And that was the problem is that I had a team that we started executing. We, we had a plan. We made a quick plan. We started just running the business and actively engaged in business. And then they started over tweaking everything. So mm. any little thing that we were designing or creating, it was, oh, you know, it, it looks good, but I don't know if it's ready yet. I think we should try try purple instead of orange. And uh, no, nah, maybe try blue instead of this. And we were just over tweaking and we were doing this and doing that. And especially on things that ultimately wouldn't have made much of a difference anyways. They definitely weren't revenue impacting. And we spent a lot of time just planning. Chasing rabbit holes. Yes, exactly. And those businesses did well, but they didn't do anywhere near what they could have done had we stayed and had we, you know, done like you're, you're suggesting with the, the evolution, let some things die off and just keep going. It, we had to execute and we weren't executing. And I think that that is a big problem for a lot of people is 
the execution side. Now, the flip side of that, as we've seen with Black Friday, and this is my, my tip ultimately, is that we see a lot of people that assume execution just means doing something. And they don't know that execution is part of a process. So execution isn't just, uh, you know, firing a bullet at a target and then, okay, boom, I did something, executed the target. Sometimes execution, most times, is an entire process and it's a continual process. And so I've seen posts recently where, you know, first off, Black Friday and Cyber Monday, a lot of people posted things, obviously, you know, promotions, specials, all kinds of stuff. And these were companies I hadn't heard of through the whole year. They didn't message me, even though I had an account and I bought from them before. But then Black Friday comes around and they start hammering me with messages. And after this weekend, I won't hear from them again. Hey, did you see, I don't mean chase a rabbit hole or chase a rabbit, but <laughs> no worries. you see the amount of like companies that were doing 60% off, mm-hmm. 50% off, 40%. It's like, yeah, y'all didn't have a good year, did you? Because you're yeah, having exactly. to really dump some, some <laughs> prices because you need the money. Like the amount yeah. of detailing companies, product companies that were at 60% off, 40%. It's like, I did see that. Yeah. The- And you got to think, yeah, Q4 reports are coming up. And the biggest thing that a lot of investors want to see is number of units sold. They don't care so much. They do care, obviously, dollars sold. But what gets included in the reports is number of units sold. So if they can show, look, and we had a spike, we sold 10,000 more units. But they're not mentioning the fact that, yeah, they were discounted 60%. (laughs) It's like, whoo, geez. I, I'd rather uh, sell less and have it be closer to my, you know, 80, 90%, you know, in that ballpark. I'm a big fan of buy this and get something, something free kind of thing. You know, who's great at that underwear companies, t-shirts as well, but uh, underwear companies like uh, Victoria's yeah. Secret stuff, they're really good at, they want to sell one piece of underwear. They want to make a $35 sale, for example. And so what they do instead Instead of saying, buy, you know, these five and get them for, you know, like a, whatever, $7 each or something. What they do instead is they say, buy one for 35 and you get four for free. You know, they do stuff like that. And it's uh, this are, it, another little tip. That's a really good marketing strategy. <laughs> so you could say, you know, uh, get this ceramic coating for, you know, X price and we'll do a second car for free. Bring your buddy, bring your wife, whatever. And uh, you're getting the same price you wanted for both, but wording it a different way, it entices people. But uh, but yeah, I did see that definitely. And but those same companies, I won't hear of throughout the year. They won't message. They won't. There's no email blast. I don't see them on Facebook, YouTube, nothing. But then Black Friday comes, boom, 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 and they feel like they've executed properly. And that's where I think the big disconnect is for a lot of businesses is that it's something you have to do continuously throughout the year, and what you're doing right now, you're probably already doing right. And so there's no need to be like, oh, geez, I'm running some ads and I'm not getting conversions, you know? And so then you want to go and tweak the formula and tweak it and tweak it and tweak it. You keep changing things and you've never done the right amount, maximum effort to have a, a substantial, you know, sample set to be able to say definitively, this is working or it's not working. And so what we do is unreasonable results. So, you know, I know people that they do print marketing. We do print marketing as well. We hand out postcards, all kinds of stuff. Um, I've talked to people and they say, oh, yeah, I handed out, you know, uh, 200 postcards. I didn't really get any responses, though. I got two people that called me. I'm like, yeah, you did 200 postcards. I said, do 5,000 a day. 
do that for a week or two weeks, then you'll have a sample size that's worth considering. And you can be like, okay, is this working or not? Because 200 is just a drop in the bucket. But if you do 5,000 a day, unrealistic numbers, do something crazy. That's when you're really going to see those kinds of results. And you're going to say, okay, we have this sample size now. It's substantial. And we can look at it and say, you know, because, because if not, you could, let's say you walk down the street and you ask two people, Hey, you ever get your car detailed? And they're both like, nah, I never get it detailed. Now you could go and be like, oh, I should close my business because nobody gets their car detailed. No, you ask two people. You know what I mean? Ask 5,000 people in your community. You ever get your car detailed? You know what I mean? You're going to have a much bigger sample set to pull from. You'll have some better results. So the bigger the pool, better the results. But it comes with the execution that happens throughout the entire year. Then you can look at your stats and you can say, okay, what's working? What isn't working? But if you're only focused on Black Friday and Cyber Monday, you're not going to know what's working or not working. And same goes for those companies that do the 60, 80% off. Like they're going to be like, yeah, we made a bunch of sales. What data are they going to have going throughout the rest of the year now to keep their sales going? They have nothing to work on because they're not executing throughout the year. So they just made a poor decision, in my opinion, going into Black Friday, being like, fuck, we got to do something crazy because it's Black Friday. <laughs> That's what they did. But if they understood their client base better because they were executing throughout the year, so my tip for the day is execute, execute, execute. And that's the only way that you're going to know throughout the year uh, when you're communicating with your customers and you're offering the things, what, you know, nails are going to really hit um, and which hammer to use. Um, that's how you're going to know how to better tailor your offers. And you're also going to make consistent money throughout the year. You won't be worried about slow periods or this and that. And your marketing is only going to get better because you're putting those reps in. So. Absolutely. And especially once you get the reps in to your point, what you said is knowing which hammer to use, right? Like yeah, knowing the pressure, knowing which point, like that all comes to yeah. <laughs> comes to yeah. what is, you know, the, the elevated part of where you want to be. If you yeah. want to get to the higher end, if you want to get to make the money, if you want to perform to the elite way, it does take the, the, yeah. over, the over, the learning, the pressure, yeah. learning what speed to hit. Like, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's a process and it just comes from that consistent execution being mm. in the marketplace. The, the analogy of Jordan, right? This mm. is the analogy everybody loves about Jordan. Yeah. He's a guy that took the final shots, but he was also the guy that spent what, Hours, hours shooting free throws hours yeah. shooting the same shot you know like muscle memory exactly. muscle repetition like yeah yeah, yeah. nobody <laughs> puts in that time it's that's true. the like problem Ten thousand yeah. hours you know and that's where yeah. it's uh you know people wonder they're like well you know sean how'd you get good at marketing or something like this and say i just put the time in i didn't go to business school i, I studied geography you know what i mean but outside of geography I put the time in every day, running businesses, analyzing things, studying things, trying things that worked. And for me, I never considered something a failure until I had absolutely exhausted everything possible because we might run a campaign, but then be like, ah, oh, geez, you know, it's not working. Like, well, it's only been three weeks, you know, these things take time. So we would keep going with that. And if we felt maybe it wasn't working the way we wanted, instead of tweaking it, we ran another one. And that's where A-B testing is so crucial. And, you you know, you run them side by side and you're going to learn from one versus the other and so on and so forth. But sometimes a sales cycle is ridiculously long. Like we don't even realize it's a someone might have looked at even myself. Think about your own consumer habits. 
I've added something to a cart or clicked on a website that enticed me, looked at it and been like, oh, it's nice. I don't need it today though. And I plan on maybe someday getting it. And if they keep marketing to me, eventually I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I am going to get that. And that literally happened to me. I just bought two books for my nephew. Um, they're those like customized uh, kids books. You, you know, you put in their name and anyway, customized for them. I was looking for a perfect gift for them for Christmas coming up. And I said, oh, geez, that'd be perfect. I clicked on that company's ad literally last Christmas. And I didn't buy it because they were too young. And I was like, ah, you know, someday, maybe, you know, I just kind of put in the back of my mind. So I was ready to buy, just not at that moment. And because they kept marketing to me, it eventually came back around. I was like, you know what? Time to pull the trigger. If if they didn't keep marketing to me, they would have said I was what? Not interested. And their marketing was a failure. You know what I mean? They kept going. The same campaign. I saw the same ad this year that I saw last year. Exact same ad. Nothing changed. The only thing that changed on my end was my level of interest and my readiness to buy. And so keep going. Keep doing what you're doing. Execute, execute, execute. Let's breach those doors. <laughs> breach them. Get them. Breach them. Bust breach. down those walls. Get it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. But <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing too because I was thinking Theo Vaughn. I don't know if you ever watched him. He was talking about breach babies. And he's like, uh, he's like, you know, I feel like breach babies, they're, they're just a different breed. You know, they're a little more cautious. They're like, I'm not just going to dive out head first in the world I've never been in before. Like, let me just dip a toe in. I'll see how it feels. Anyway, reach those walls, man. Get those sales. And uh, yeah, every day should be Black Friday. Just doesn't have to be 60% off, <laughs> which is insane. I know. But you guys, you did really well. And I will say this too. Anyone that hasn't received HyperClean's messages, please go sign up for an account with HyperClean. So you start to get their messages. You can A, keep up with their news, their products, everything like that. But B, you'll see some amazing marketing that's done right because you guys used emojis in your subject lines. And I'm surprised at how many people don't do that. It's so they should do it because my, I was prepping a little bit for next week and I go, you know, a lot of, I think what I'm going to talk about next week is not copycatting, but how do you look at somebody that's doing something right? Inspiration and get inspiration so that you can continue to grow evolve and exactly. progress through what you want to accomplish so absolutely yeah, yeah. well it'll be a good topic next week too because mm-hmm. we have a new feature launching with our email marketing stuff and so we perfect can go over that in a major way it's got ai built in it's uh it's gonna be amazing for us as a crm it's a competition killer which is nice and for you guys as a business it's a business accelerator so let's go <laughs> appreciate you as always marty i'll see you next week Everybody tune in. Check this out on the uh, Pints of Polishing podcast as well. You got to tune in there as well. And uh, like I said, check out Hyper Clean Car Care products. See you next week. Over and out. Cheers, man.